Good morning and welcome. Uh, in, your, um, in the pews, there are some connect cards. So if you are brand new, we want to learn about you, want to hear from you. Uh, if you would also fill it out if you have a prayer request, like Diane's holding them up. That's what they look like. Thank you, Diane. Um, fill those out for us, and we'd love to get to know you better. But this morning, I just want to pray us in as the worship team gets ready to take over. So pray with me, if you would. Father, thank you for another day in your house with your people Whatever we're carrying with us, whatever we're bringing in, we give it over to you in this moment that you would meet us exactly where we're at. In Jesus' name, amen. If you will stand with us and be ready to worship. Let's enter into this call of worship together. Let's open our hearts to what the Lord has for us this morning. Oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises. Built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy. Oh, 
read this confession together. We know that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We're just going to take a couple minutes now for our gratitude and lament time. So I invite you to find a neighbor, um, even if you're a little bit introverted, um, maybe find a neighbor and uh, just say hi to them. It's a good chance to meet someone. And then also, um, I mean, yeah, if there's something in your life that you're just extra grateful for this morning, share it. It could be a small thing, it could be a big thing. And then if there's something um, that you feel comfortable sharing that's maybe difficult in your life or that you've noticed about the world that just isn't right, um, that's what we call a lament. And uh, that's a good thing. That's a part of worship to, to voice our laments along with the gratitude. So I invite you to just spend a couple minutes doing that and then we'll come back and sing a few songs together.
Just take another moment to wrap up your conversations. We'll sing here in a minute. I invite you to stand with us. Let's sing. Uh, this song has been around a little bit now, but I love it. No Longer Slaves.
a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I pour out my heart. 
It's really good to be here together today. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor at the church. I'm excited and just happy to be back here with you all after taking a couple weeks off. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, This morning, uh, we are excited because our kids uh, are back in the Wonder Room this morning for their time 
of learning. Before I dismiss you, let me give a couple of quick instructions. If you are a child who's four years old all the way through fifth grade, you are invited to be a part of the Wonder Room. If you are visiting with us and you have children and you would like them to participate, then we would ask that you walk up with them and make sure they have the correct form filled out and you touch base with the leaders and they know what's going on. Um, And so uh, let's give our kids a round of applause as they come up to the front. And as they're coming forward, you all can have a seat. All right, as they're heading out, um, I'm just going to give you a little bit more instruction. Every week when we come together, we always have a time of prayer. A few weeks back, we decided that we were going to start incorporating this time into our weekly service um, because we, we just recognize that, you know, often we, we gather together and we sing songs, we talk to one another, we hear a sermon, we take communion. We do a lot of things that um, often are kind of noisy and Um, which are good. Noise is not bad. Um, And often we have beautiful sounds coming from this space through our singing and our music and through the preaching and all the different things. But we also recognize that we need to uh, slow down a bit at times. We need to settle down and just experience God in the stillness and the quiet. Um, One of my favorite uh, verses in Scripture is Psalm 4610, and it reads, Be still and know that I am God. And if you've read the, the rest of that psalm, there's a lot of chaos in that psalm. There's talk of war, there's talk of violence, lots of stress and anxiety. And then it gets to a point in the psalm where the, the writer just says, be still. And speaking really from God's voice, be still and know that I am God. And, and our world is, is very chaotic. Our lives are very chaotic. Um, we're dealing with sickness. We're dealing with loss. We're dealing with all the effects and ramifications of violence and separation and, and, and disunity and all these different things going on um, all around us at all times. And we need to be intentional to take time to be still and, and connect with God. And so my hope in, in the new year is that we can all just try our best. Um, I know that we often make resolutions at the beginning of the year and then we don't really follow through with them after a few weeks. Um, but hopefully this prayer time can remind us every week that not only do we need to be still on Sunday morning I mean, take this time to pray, but hopefully it can be a spark um, that you can do the work of fanning that flame throughout the week uh, to, to create that space to connect with God, to connect with yourself, uh, to connect even with God's creation um, and, and all that is going on around us and through being still and being quiet and connecting with God in that way. I, I know that we can experience more peace in our lives. And so I'm going to kneel here at the altar, and as we say each week, you're always welcome to come join me at the altar if you'd like to take that posture of prayer, of kneeling. And then when I'm done praying, we'll pray the Lord's Prayer together, and the words will just be on the screen. So follow along when we get to that point um, to ensure you're, you're saying the, the same version that I'm going to be saying. Um, so I'm going to kneel here. I'll give you a moment if anybody wants to come join me. I'd like to read our psalm for this morning from the lectionary text. It's Psalm 29. And it's a psalm about God's power. In God's presence.
sometimes when we see and experience powerful forces of evil all around us, wreaking havoc in people's lives, wreaking havoc on this beautiful creation, wreaking havoc on communities. Sometimes when we are face to face with these powerful forces of evil, it is good to be reminded that God is also powerful. And in fact, we as Christians affirm that God is even more powerful, that God is the God who is always greater, always greater than any evil that, that we experience in our world. So this psalm is about God's power and God's presence all around us. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare, and in His temple all say glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as King forever. May the Lord give strength to His people. May the Lord bless His people with peace. I invite you just to take some deep breaths. Breathe in. Breathe out. Be reminded that that same Lord that we just read about is all around us, even living within us through the Lord's Spirit. It brings comfort and power and courage to God's people. Lord, we come to you this morning, and as we already have done, we, we ascribe glory to your name. Lord, we don't want to grow tired of glorifying and praising you. And Lord, even when we feel low, we still lift you up high. Even when we struggle, Lord, we still want to say, blessed be your name, even when it's hard. Even as we look over the course of this next year and we, we know we will face great challenge, we still say, blessed be your name. Lord, we thank you for the truth of that song we sang, that you know our names. You know each and every one of us. You know us for who we really are, not, not the people we present to the world, not the, the people that we've been told that we are, but you know us for who we are. 
and you know our names. And not only that, you walk with us. You hold our hand. You are there with us through the journey of this life. And Lord, we don't know where we're going. We don't know what this next few days even will bring, let alone the rest of this year. But Lord, we cling to that promise that You walk with us. That You walk with us on the path of promise. And that God, we know we can face the future without allowing fear to debilitate us or to paralyze us or to hold us back because we know that You walk with us. And we pray, Lord, we would feel Your presence, that we would feel Your hand in ours this morning. That we would feel Your breath breathing on us, Lord. That we would feel, God, the warmth of Your presence with us as we navigate the rest of this day, as we try to embark on a week with joy and with hope, as we try to to even dance in the midst of incredible darkness and pain. Lord, help us, Lord, to cling to You and to Your promises as we face this uncertain future. Lord, we need You so much. Lord, we have all expressed uh, gratitude this morning, and Lord, we have so much to be grateful for. I'm grateful for every single person here in this room, those who are connecting online. We're grateful for all the, the Christians and, and all the people, uh, all of your creation, all across our world. We're grateful, Lord, that you are a creative God. We're grateful for one another and the way that we can uniquely bless each other and walk with each other as we journey through life. God, we lament just the sickness that so many are facing right now. We lament the difficult times that people had over the holidays. We also are grateful for the blessing and the good times people had as well. We lament the violence and the pain and the suffering that we see around us. We lament the loss that people are experiencing. We lament, Lord, the the absence that many of us felt over the holidays because we didn't get to celebrate them with all of our loved ones, because we've lost people. We lament, Lord, just the way that love is beautiful, but love is also a risk, and love also brings lots of pain and hardship. Lord, we need you so much. And I just pray this morning that you would work in us and through us. I pray that you would speak through Brother Rick as he shares a message with us today, that you would Just use his voice and his thoughts and and what God has been speaking to his spirit to open our hearts and our spirits to hear from you in the way we need to hear this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the way that he listens to you, Lord. I thank you for his life of prayer, that he prays for all of us. And God, I pray that we could be impacted by that, that that prayerful energy that lives within him could be contagious and spread to us this morning. We join together this morning and we pray this prayer that Jesus taught us, his disciples, to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, y'all can...
Make your way back to your seats. Rick, you're already right here with me, which is great. Um, most of you all, unless you I've been visiting with us recently, I know who uh, Rick is. Rick is just a, a wonderful leader in this church. He is a he is a minister in this church, even though he's not technically on staff here. Uh, he, he blesses and ministers to many, many people in this church um, day in and day out. And Rick's the kind of guy that I can always call on to help with something or if I need to be lifted up, and he always will be there. And Rick is also full of joy. I talked a couple weeks ago about how I needed some joy and how joy is contagious, and we can share that with one another. Rick shares joy with me, and when I'm around Rick, I leave feeling a lot better. Um, I'm excited uh, for Rick to share a word with you all this morning. Um, I, ha- I haven't said this yet, but I, every year I always like to say this because it's just true. This is going to be a hard year, all right? Um, maybe harder than last year, which is hard to imagine. Um, but we are going to have a hard year. And, and I know that, that we can get through it, though, if we cling to God and we cling to one another. And I'm excited to hear what Rick has to share with us this morning. So I'm going to turn it over to Rick. And uh, more power to you, brother. Good morning. You know, God is good. And all the time. Amen. Thank you all for that. Uh, This morning, um, I'm going to start with a quote of one of my preacher friends. I don't often do that, but this morning I think it's a good thing. And this preacher friend of mine said this, I could preach at you, but I think singing is a lot more fun and celebratory. Does anyone know who that preacher friend may be that said those words? If you were here last week, My dear friend Christina shared those words. And I thought, that's so great, because I'm coming this morning to preach at you. So it will not be fun, nor will it be celebratory. (laughs) But that's okay. That's okay. In all honesty, she did. They did a great job last week leading the service through song and through scripture. And I want to tell you one thing. If I came up here and sang, it would not be fun, nor would it be celebratory. So you should be thankful for that. In all honesty, Christina said another thing last week that I want to talk about right off the bat. She spoke about liturgy. And she had a definition for liturgy. She said it's the work of the people, not just sitting there receiving worship, but are you participating? You're doing the work. And I want to let you know that right off the bat, you all have already participated. And that was during the time of praise and worship. And I want to thank Laban because... Laban goes out of his way to help me with songs that I would like to have sung before I preach. You're going to find with me I'm all about kind of a consistent message, and that's through the songs and through the word and through what we do. This was a unique time for me to preach, and the reason it was unique is because John reached out to me on October 27th of last year. He reached out and he gave me the scripture and he said, I want you to preach on this. And what I want to tell you is that's different for me because you know, I'm, I'm basically a fill-in pastor. I get the word on like the Monday before the following Sunday that I need to go somewhere and preach. And I always ask, is there anything you'd like me to preach about? And they said, no, please, just do whatever you want to do. So this was actually very exciting to me, something that I'm not used to. So what I did is on October the 27th, I sat down and I read the scripture. And then I prayed this prayer. I said, God... I'm not going to come in with any preconceived notion. I want you 
from October 27th to January. Reveal your message to me. And I'm not very good at staying with my word, so I kind of worked through a couple things, and I really heard God saying, just wait. Just wait. And it came, like it always did, but it has no semblance to what I thought I would be preaching this morning. Because see, this morning I'm going to be preaching on the baptism of Jesus in Matthew 3, 13 through 17. You may have heard someone go at it this way, or you may not. But this is a different way for me to look at this scripture. And that's the thing I love about God. Is I can read the same scripture over and over again, and he opens my eyes to different parts of it. We had a kind of a study your Bible, get to know your Bible class last year here. And what we talked about is you read scriptures, it's good to have context. So this morning what I want to do is I want us to give us a little context before we get into the scripture itself. And I'm going to be reading from Matthew 3, 1 through 6. And it says this, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare a way, make straight the path for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins and were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Verse 11 says this, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry you, to carry he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So let me explain a little bit about this. He's identified in the first verse. This is John the Baptist. What he's talking about is it was in Isaiah 43, it talked about this one in the wilderness making path straight. That is John. For those of you who also remember in Luke 1.4, John is in his mother Elizabeth's womb when Mary, the mother of Jesus, comes in. And at her voice, he leaps. This is the John that we're talking about. He is out in the wilderness. I think it's interesting that they tell us what his clothes were. And let's be honest, these are not clothes that would draw a huge crowd today. They were made of camel's hair. and He had a, a, a leather belt around his waste but he had huge crowds coming to him he was baptizing them in the Jordan River but then he talks about the one that will be coming the one that will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire with that background let's go into today's scripture it says then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. So let's set the scene. What I see is I see three distinct characters in this scripture. I see John, 
I see Jesus. And then I see one that's not mentioned directly, but there had to be a crowd. Because crowds always came to John. So what I want us to do is I want us to look at all three of these characters of this story and see what we can take away from their unique experience. So John is the first one. Notice the thing about John is he knows who he is, but he also know, knows who he's not. Let me explain. We heard earlier John said, I am preparing the way, but one will come after me. John was not the one, but he was telling others about this one. John has a job to do, and he accepted that responsibility. But notice what happens when Jesus shows up. When Jesus shows up, John feels unworthy to do the task he's called to. Friends, let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever felt unworthy to do something that you know God is leading you to do? I know I have. Have you ever had these thoughts come into your mind? So-and-so is much more qualified to do this than I am. Or have you even thought to yourself, if these people really knew me and knew who I was, they would never ask me to do this. Those were the feelings that John had. But notice what Jesus said to him. Let it be so now, it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus knows exactly who John is. And he knows that John is the one that is called to perform this task. And John consented, and he does that. Let me ask you a couple more questions. Have you ever considered that you're the reason you are where you are in this life at this time is because God needs you there right then? Have you ever considered that you are the perfect person to do the task that God has told you? Let me explain it to you in a way I could understand. I was in youth ministry like John. I was in youth ministry for many, many years. And I learned very quickly that when a youth asked me a question, they weren't interested in me referring them to someone else to answer the question. They wanted to know what I this was brought to me clearly in a way that I'll never forget because I struggle with this mightily. God, I don't think I have the answers. But at our old church, when I was the interim youth minister, we went to a beach camp uh, in Panama City. And it was called Laguna Beach Resort, and there was nothing resorty about it. But it was cheap, and we could go there. And so what would happen was every night, of course, we had a boys' dorm and a girls' dorm. I was staying in the boys' dorm because Stephanie and my kids were in another area. And the only way I found I could get them to go to bed was I told the boys, last one in bed, I kiss goodnight. <laughs> As you can imagine, when it was time to go to bed, they were all in bed. So I would walk around looking for any stragglers. I never got to kiss one kid goodnight. But something happened in one of the rooms that shocked me. I walked into the seniors in high school. The senior boys were all in their beds sitting there. And it was different because before they were sitting in their beds where they should have been, but they were moving, they were, you know, constantly in motion. And I could tell something was different this time. And one of them looked at me and he said, Rick, we want to ask you a question. 
Now, when seniors in high school tell you that, you're not sure what direction this question may go. So I said, well, ask away. And they said, we are scared. I said, what, what are you afraid of? And they said, well, let's say that Billy Graham dies tonight, and one of us or all of us die tonight, and we end up at heaven, heaven's gate at the same time. How in the world are we going to get into heaven? Now, my first thought was, that's a great theological question. Let's, let's talk about that some other time. But then it, it hit me. I had the answer that they wanted to, that I don't know if they wanted to hear or not, but I had the answer. They had asked me the question. The answer to that question, in my mind, is Billy Graham will get to heaven's gate, or he got to heaven's gate, and he's going to say, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve to be here. And Jesus is going to speak up and say, but he's mine. Enter. And when one of you boys get to heaven, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to say, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve to be here. And Jesus will speak up for you too. You see, I thought we had this touching moment. And right as I ended saying that, a pillow came and hit me right in the face. I guess they got the answer they wanted. But we had to talk about it. You see, we all feel inadequate as John did. But John did consent, and Jesus was baptized. But we need to know, like John, who we are. But more importantly, we need to know whose we are. You see, Jesus will never ask us to do anything without his presence, without his Holy Spirit being there with us. We have to be opened to Jesus' calling May we all follow and lead just as John did and say yes to Jesus, no matter how inadequate we feel. And let me tell you one important reason, and I struggle with this a lot. I, or you, may be the only Jesus they ever see. How do you deal with that? You live like Jesus. You love like Jesus. Now let's move to the second character, and that's Jesus. Last week, Christina talked about different feasts that they celebrated, and one was the Feast of the Holy Innocents. And I had never heard that term, honestly. And she talked about that was the feast that celebrated or remembered when King Herod laid down the decree that all baby boys under two would be killed. A terrible, terrible thing. But she talked also about how Joseph had a dream, and in that dream, he took Mary and Jesus to Egypt until Herod died. Now, the interesting thing about Jesus' story is, in Matthew, we hear about them coming back, but that's the last we hear of Jesus until this day. Now, Luke, in chapter uh, 2, tells the story about Jesus being 12 years old and in the temple, and how he stays there. But again, that's all we hear about Jesus. But let's go back to Scripture. It says, Jesus specifically came to be baptized by John. And I love Jesus' reply to John, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this and fulfill all righteousness. The important phrase I want you to look at right there is for us to do this. See, friends, Jesus wants us to have a part in all that he does. Jesus wants us to have a part 
in all that he does. Could Jesus have been baptized by someone else? Of course. But that was John's job. Could Jesus do his work without Embrace Church, without each and every one of you? Yes, he can. But that's not his plan. His plan is to work with us. You see, Jesus wants us to be right there in the middle with him. You know, I, I, music speaks to me mightily. And Todd Agnew has this song that's called My Jesus. And these words of this song get to me every time I heard it. He says, my Jesus would never be accepted in my church because blood and dirt on his feet might stain the carpet. And I think that's a true statement. Blood and feet might stain the, blood on his feet might stain the carpet. So Jesus, you're not welcomed here. You see, Jesus wants us to love others like he loves others. He wants us to relate to others in a way that maybe only we can relate to them. I preached a whole sermon on this one Sunday. And it's talking about someone with a limp or a scar. And let me explain what I mean by that. You see, we all go through life and things happen to us. And as a result of that, we might have a little limp or we might have a little scar. And I'm not talking about, it could be physical, but I'm also just talking about circumstances in life leave you with that. You see, Jesus wants to use your limp or your scar so someone else can relate to you, so they can relate to Jesus. Because, you know, there's many people that say, I can't understand what you're going through. But I know one that has. And that's the important thing with Jesus. He wants to use us to love others. And I think one of the most important things I've learned from this church is that Jesus wants us to stand up for those who think they don't have a voice. That's what Jesus wants us to do. I've said this often, I say this every time I preach, and I'll continue. Monday night's here, the gathering here is the closest thing I think I'll ever see to heaven. Because we have a group of people that honestly in any other situation would not be together. But every Monday night, we're together. Some of those voices, people don't think they have a voice to be heard. But we give them that voice. They are heard. And Jesus wants us to be an integral part of that. And you know why I want you to join him? Because he wants you to be there with him. Now is the time. Now let's move to the last part of the scripture. Verse 17 says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Do you think there's a reason that God wanted to say this at that moment? Well, do you remember what happens to Jesus immediately after this? In Matthew 4, 1, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Do you think maybe Jesus needed to be reassured before he faced the temptation? Do you think he needed to hear that his Father was pleased with him? So that was something he could rely on and go back to with all he was facing. I do. I think that's why God did that. He needed to know that his father was proud of him. I had back surgery back in 2011. And the week before the surgery, 
I took each of my children out to lunch. And sadly, I wish I could say I do this all the time, but I hadn't done it much. But on that day, I told every, all my children two things. I love you, and I'm proud of you. Because you see, I didn't know how the surgery would go. And at that time, I had that moment to do that. We all need to hear that someone loves us and that someone is proud of us. And if you haven't heard that yet, he does love you and he is proud of you. But I think there's another reason that God said this. And I'm going to freely admit that there is a debate on how many people heard what God said to Jesus. There are some people that will tell you only Jesus heard it. There are some people that tell you he didn't hear it audibly, he heard it in his heart. There are other people that will tell you John and Jesus heard it. And then there's a third group of people, which I'm part of, that thinks everyone heard it. Now, one reason I think that everyone heard it was Matthew, Mark, and Luke all almost used the exact same words for this event. So someone had to hear it to pass that on. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the crowd. But this morning, friends, what I wanted you to know also is it doesn't matter who heard it back then. You're part of the crowd. You're hearing these words now. Now remember in verse 5 it says, People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan. Large crowds of people were there. For sure, they, they witnessed the baptism of Jesus, whether they heard these words or not. But I think these words were for them, and they are for us. You see, this solidifies who Jesus is. This is my son, whom I love and whom I well pleased. This is where my message gets changed because of what God spoke to me. This is part of my message that some people may not like. This is part of my message that some people may agree with, may disagree with, and they may tell me I'm wrong. But I think, I know that this is what God said to me. No surprise that we live in a very judgmental world today some of the harshest comments the harshest judgment come from Christians they come from churches who like to be the ultimate judge and jury they like to lift themselves up while tearing others down they love to look down their noses at those that are different than them they love to spout off a list of all the people that God hates. Friends, let me share something important with you today. We are all God's children. Every last one of us was created in his image. It's really interesting how God moves through different things. About two weeks ago, I was writing my sermons on Tuesday night, about two weeks ago, Stephanie and I were driving somewhere. I'm not sure where we were going. And she said, Rick, listen to the title of this article. And the title of this article says, Does God Hate Those Who? And before she could finish, I said, There is no need to finish because I know the answer. And the answer is no. 
He does not hate those who whatever. So many people have been told that God can't love them because of whatever it is. And my mother would not be very happy with me, but excuse me, but that is absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. Jesus does not hate. You see, no matter what you've been told, no matter what you've done, no matter who says you are hated, you need to hear the same words that Jesus heard. Jesus would say, these are my children whom I love. And if you didn't hear that, these are my children whom I love. Friends, if you hear nothing else today, nothing else today, God is deeply in love with you. Not only does he say it, but he proves it. God loves you. Now, I know I've sat out in a crowd like you, and a pastor has said something, and in my mind, I thought, that's a, that's a good thing to say. But I'm not sure I believe it. So this is where your work starts today in this message. To some of you, this is going to be really, really weird and really, really strange. But I want you to at least flatter me and do what I'm going to ask. For you online people, you can do the same exact thing just in the comments. So your first job is I want you to turn to a friend around you and tell them you are a child of God now. Okay, it's not enough for one friend. Tell someone else you are a child of God. See, look at that. It brought laughter, it brought joy. I saw fist bumps. That's awesome. You are a child of God. But you know, sometimes it's easy to say those words. Now this is where the rubber hits the road. This is the hard part. Turn to a neighbor and say, I am a child of God. Now turn to another neighbor and tell them the same thing. good. Thank you all. You see, the first part was a little bit louder. You're, you are a child of God. I'm telling you that. But the second, the second part of it, a little bit softer. I'm a child of God? You see, the first and second need to be just as loud. Because you see, you are a child of the Most High God. Because you are here. Because you're in this world. You're not a child of God because you're at church. It has nothing to do with it. You're a child of God from Saturday or from Monday to Saturday as much more than you are Sunday. And because you're a child of God, you've been given a job to do. But you see, you first have to believe it. You first have to know that I am a child of God. Some of you are sitting there thinking, Okay, I am a child of God, but I've really messed up. You know what? It doesn't matter. You're still a child of God. Some of you have been told because you do blank, you're not a child of God. I'm here to call that out. That's a lie. 
You are a child of God. You always have been, and you always will be. Again, if you hear nothing else, this world needs to hear this message. We've been told by church leaders that those people, you need to hate them. No, you don't. You need to see them. One of the proudest moments I've ever had in this church is I walked up the church one Sunday, and there was a homeless gentleman who some of you all know, I don't know him, but he was asleep on the steps. And you know what we did? We let him sleep. Now, at my ch old church, and I'm, I was part of this, we had a public service committee. Now, what that was is, Rob, you know, you took care of situations like that. The homeless weren't welcome. There were places they could be. You know, I want to tell you one more story. And it goes along with that. And I apologize. Sometimes I tell the same story. Stephanie tells me that a lot. But sometimes there's just a time to do it. And it reminds me of a story I heard about a homeless man who was sitting in the back of the church. And everyone was uncomfortable. And right as the pastor started to preach, the homeless man started walking down the aisle. And everyone froze. What would happen? And he got to right about here and he sat down. No one knew what to do. People there thought, oh, one of the, if you're, depending on what denomination you are, a deacon, an elder, someone will come and take care of that. And sure enough, the chairman stood up. And he walked up. And he leaned over and whispered something. And he sat down with him. And there they stayed the entire service. Because you see, that person understood this is a child of God. You are a child of God. You are loved. Even when you mess up, you're still a child of God. So now we're going to take the work from this morning. And we're going to go from there. You have four jobs to do this week. The first one this morning is receive it. The second one is believe it. The third one is live it. And the last one is go out from this place and share it with everyone you see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We're going to close with Holy Communion. And the one thing I want to say about this this morning is there's, I've said a lot of different words today, but this is the one that proves my point. You see, because we are children of God, Jesus died on the cross for each and every one of us. You see, on the night before he was crucified, he met with his team, his disciples, and they did this. But what I want you to hear is the words that he said, this do in remembrance of me. If anyone needs communion, if you just kind of turn or raise your hand, John has the basket. But the thing I love about this church is that we do this every week. And I've said this before, I know I said this before when I preached, but my church I grew up in, we only did it once a quarter. And when we first did this every week, I thought to myself, boy, that's kind of overkill, isn't it? 
I'm used to doing it once every three months. But then it hit me. The reason we do this every week is to remind you of who you are and whose you are. Every week, it's a new beginning. Every Sunday, you need to take this communion to remember how much he loved you. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice. Lord, we thank you. We praise you and we love you because we are your children. Lord, if there's someone online or someone here that heard this today and they have trouble understanding or believing it, Lord, help them to find someone who can give them hope, peace, and love. Lord, we thank you for these elements. We thank you for your body. We thank you for your blood that saved even us, sinners in need of saving. You still say, you are mine. If you'll take out the wafer. Hear these words. This is my body broken for you. And then the cup. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. We're going to have a closing hymn. Tanya will be in the back. She's happy to pray with you back there. I'm going to be sitting over here on the side. You're welcome to come up and pray at the altar. If you would like for me to pray with you, you can come over to the side. Otherwise, I'm not going to bother you. I want to thank you for allowing me to have this opportunity to tell you how much God loves you. to stand with us and sing that part again. Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me. And 
Amen. Amen. It was really good to be here today. Thank you so much, Rick, for sharing uh, your heart with us and what God spoke to you. I know it 
meant something to me, and hopefully it does to the rest of you. I'd really encourage you all to think about how God is speaking to you this morning. Sometimes we don't even ask that question, and, and even less often do we hold on to it as we go throughout our week. And for me, I, I feel like God is, is calling me just to, to rest in His love this year. I had maybe the worst year of my life last year, and uh, I, I'm hoping to rest in God's love a bit more this year and just trust that God's going to be with me through it all. And so thanks to the worship team for leading us this morning as well and just ushering us into God's presence and reminding us of those promises and those truths that we so often forget or maybe struggle to believe. I want to share with you just a a couple of things before you leave this morning. When you came in on the table, there's always good stuff there, so pick it up. Uh, There's announcement sheets Um, Those go out through email as well. If you're not getting those, then let us know, and you can fill that out on the Connect card, and we'll put your email in the system. Um, If you're visiting with us this morning, I'd love if you'd fill out a Connect card, Um, particularly if you're interested in learning more about the church or connecting with one of the pastors um, or just receiving an email with a little more information. We'd love to to connect with you. Um, So please fill those out. You can put them in the box by the door in the back or the one over here, and you can just fold it up, stick it in there. If you have prayer requests, you can put those on there as well. And those will get to our prayer team. Um, Also, uh, we are kind of getting back into our normal routine now. And so this week, all the the normal things are happening again. So we have the gathering tomorrow night on Monday. So spread the word if any of you all know folks who typically come on Mondays. Um, If you don't come on Mondays, you're always welcome to join. Come eat with us and just hang out. We have worship afterwards at 645. Um, Youth group is starting back up this week as well. Um, Common Goods After School program will not be starting up until next week, but that's coming up soon also. So just let us know if you have any questions or anything like that. Um, I do want to let you know that Common Good is in need of mentors for their after school program. And Grayson will be here next week to share a little bit more about that. But that will start the day after Martin Luther King Day. And the commitment is we ask mentors to commit to one afternoon a week. You don't have to have any special skills to mentor You don't have to be good at math. Uh, If you are, that's a plus. Uh, You don't have to even be great with children or youth, you know. If you you have love in your heart and and you uh, are a decent human being, then we would love for you to be a part of it. Common good is uh, you do have to go through a training and a background check to be a part of that. Um, Common good is is honestly, it, it is... My wife and I started it year, you know, back in 2012 is when we launched the after-school program, and it is one of the most vital and life-giving and spirit-filled ministries I've ever seen. Um, they now have uh, you know, over 10 staff, lots of students involved. We now have lots of graduates who have graduated from through the programs and are now in college or in the workforce or doing other things. We've had college graduates get their master's and bachelor's degrees. It's so exciting, and, and really the core of Common Good's work is the after-school program and our summer programming. That's the day-to-day point of contact with students in our community. So if you come here to Embrace each week and you're like, man, I love all this talk of loving our neighbor, I love this talk of justice, and I love this talk of redistribution, and all these different things that you hear, this is a very practical way to live it out and to actually do it. Um, And it's not that hard. You know, it's just showing up and being present and and getting to know uh, some students. And so um, I encourage you to strongly consider uh, if you have one afternoon a week uh, to be a part of that. If you'd like more information, you can talk to me. 
Um, I think uh, Grayson might be here. I know Noran is back there in the back. Um, it, you can talk to any of us. We'll point you in the right direction. All right, so I encourage you to consider that. Um, that's all I have to share with you. Uh, and so we're going to close out our service. Um, I encourage you to prepare your hearts now to receive the benediction. The benediction is just a fancy word to say the sending out. It's sending you all out to live out the things that God does in your heart uh, this morning. And so may the love of God the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.